Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Pickleball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Kelly. This week, we're going to talk about the Select Medical Orange County Cup down in San Clemente, California. Beautiful spot. An amazing pickleball weekend. I was there personally. I got to see all the action live, so we'll get into that very shortly. But before we do, if you guys could subscribe to the channel, make sure you hit that like button, hit the notification bell so you always get updates whenever a new episode is released. And with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. This is the new and improved forgiveness. I just want to apologize to you again, tell you how I'm sorry I am about the mistake. And if there's anything at all I can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Come along, Howard. Time for your lobotomy. All right, let's start off by talking about the best match from Sunday. We had the men's doubles, Ben Johns and Colin Johns. We're in matching uniforms. Now that Colin's with Yola, they took on Riley Newman and Matt Wright. This was an excellent match. Went to five games. Started off really competitive, back and forth. And then the last few games, things kind of fell apart for Riley Newman and Matt Wright. This game was chirpy all the way through. I mean, as you'd expect, whenever you get Matt Wright on the court, he's always loving to talk. He did not hold back. Unfortunately, this game wasn't as close all the way through to the end as you'll see here. If we fast forward to game five, you can see here 17 straight points for the Johns brothers against Matt Wright and Riley Newman. They pickled them in game four. How disappointing. This match was awesome up until that point, and then all of a sudden it was like, the least competitive match all weekend. You know, a lot of people have been wondering, Riley Newman, he's so good. Is it time that he partners with somebody else other than Matt Wright? I mean, I don't know. Matt Wright didn't play terrible in this game. But it does seem like, man, they got to try something different because they're just not beating the Johns brothers. You know, I'm not sure that there's much to be done against the Johns brothers. They're just really good. So perhaps we're just going to keep seeing over and over again Ben Johns and Colin Johns. Get the gold for men's doubles once again. You know that Yola was definitely a little sketched out when this went to five games. They were like, ah, please don't start losing once you switch to our paddle. That would have been the worst look ever. Speaking of men's doubles, let's rewind from the day before. We had Riley Newman and Matt Wright playing their semifinal match against Deckelbar and Callan Dawson. Callan Dawson and Deckelbar we have not seen in the semifinals in a very long time. So this was kind of cool to get to see them play on the big championship court stage. Callan Dawson, always killer with his lobs and his weird grip. He, like, grabs the paddle, like, so close to, like, the head. It's so weird. But it works. I don't know. He's really good with it. This was a fun second game to watch. You know, it really seemed like it was possible that Callan Dawson and Deckelbar could make their way to the finals. This game was so close to going to a third game. But then we had it end on this. Callan Dawson with a foot fault to end it. Awkward ending because they played so well. Very clearly, though, foot faulted there. Speaking of foot faults, check this one out. Riley Newman gets a lob overhead. Seems like it was a foot fault. And when most people watch the replay of this one, they would be like, yeah, that's a good call, ref. Like, watch this. Foot touches right there. Looks like a foot fault, right? I remember being at this match and thinking, oh, let me go check the replay on YouTube. I look on my phone. I see the replay. I'm like, yep, very definitive. 
that is a foot fault. But apparently, if you slow down just enough, he actually seems to drag the foot after it comes back. Very hard to see. I don't know how they even overturn this. Here's the best look at it. Look at this. So he puts his foot there on the line for sure, but then right there just drags his foot. Now the rule is if he gets his foot down even the slightest amount off the line, then it doesn't count as a foot fault. I don't, I can't see it clearly, but somehow the ref was able to go, yes, this is definitive. We're going to overturn the call and make this not a foot fault. Also, guess who the ref was? The same guy that called the football on Leia Jansen. A lot of weird calls for Alan Roman. I mean, we had weird football calls all weekend. Check this one out from Anna Bright. Seems to clearly reestablish after she was in the kitchen. She's so confused here, and for good reason. Watch this replay. Puts her foot on the line, but then, look, reestablishes right there. Both feet are down. And then she hits it. So, like... How the hell is this one not allowed, but then you go with Riley Newman and they overturn that one? Like the thing with the Riley Newman one is like, okay, if you called it not a footfall and then you see the replay and you're like, I don't know, he most likely did touch it. We can't definitively say that he didn't touch it. Okay, that makes sense. Like not enough info to overturn a call. But on that one, they're like, yep, definitively enough evidence to overturn this call. On this one, they're saying they don't have enough evidence on this one? Because guess what? They kept the call. They're like, yep, no, that was a foot fault. I mean, look how pissed Anna is. She's like, look, I'm looking at the replay myself. I have YouTube. Look at this, ref. And the ref's like, look, I don't know. Just, like, go with what he said. Go show him. And he's like, sorry, I don't know. That's the call. Like, this makes no sense. How the hell is this a foot fault? Clearly touches right there. Done. I mean, that's just a bad call, right? So to have that go into review and not have that overturned, but then you have the Riley Newman situation and that gets overturned. I mean, I think a lot of people are just really perplexed right now with foot faults. All right. Well, anyways, back to men's doubles. Let's rewind to this match. The Johns bros against James Ignatowicz and Big Papa Jimmy, as you can see here. Getting real frustrated that they can't do anything against the Johns brothers. Tyson McGuffin just so angry from all the steroids he's taking. He's like, ah, I'm just going to punch you, paddle. Is he trying to delaminate it real quick to get back in it? Is that what he needs to do? He's not using his white and gold paddle anymore. The one that everybody thinks was delaminated. So what? Now he's just going to punch that one real quick. Get a quick little delamination in. I'd be mad too if I got pickled by the Johns brothers. Would I delaminate my paddle because of it? I don't know about that. At this point, how is anybody supposed to beat the Johns brothers? You might have to just start delaminating paddles after it gets tested and then just like punch it a few times in the middle of the match. That's your only hope. One last thing on men's doubles before we move on. We got to talk about this game between De La Rosa and Ben Newell against Ben Johns and Colin Johns. Daniel De La Rosa had a play on SportsCenter Top 10. Check it out. around the back check that out one more time bam best part is they won the point 
I mean, you know, sometimes with these plays, they don't end up winning the point. It's still cool. But, man, I mean, to do it against the Johns brothers, that is no small feat. So impressive. Was that ball going to go out, though? I mean, maybe. Still cool. Glad he did it. Daniel De DeRosa is really underrated. I mean, you got to realize he is the number one racquetball player in the world. Like, literally, he is the Ben Johns of racquetball. So this dude has good hand-eye coordination, good racket skills. I mean, you know, if you're the number one table tennis player, the number one badminton player, the number one racquetball player, whatever it is, I would imagine those skills are going to translate over to pickleball. Problem is, he's dedicating his time to racquetball. That's got to have an impact on his play. I mean, who knows how good he could be if he just committed himself to pickleball. Hopefully we'll find out soon. All right, next up, let's talk about the mixed doubles match on Sunday. Tyson McGuffin and Catherine Parento taking on Ben Johns and Annalie Waters. The impossible happened. And by impossible, I mean Tyson McGuffin gets called in his serve. It finally happened. Tyson McGuffin has one of the most illegal serves ever, and nobody ever calls it on him. Finally, somebody said something to him. And PPA rules is just like, yeah, go ahead and just redo it now. Check it out. I mean, his paddle head is not below his wrist. It definitely is for sure that way. I would also say that it's above his navel, which is supposed to be his belly button, which nobody knows where your belly button is when you're wearing a shirt, so you just got to kind of guess. He is the most borderline illegal server in the whole game, and it seems like he gets away with a lot of them. So this was pretty interesting to see that finally somebody would call that. So this was an interesting match. It did go to three games. Wasn't as competitive as one would think for going to three games. Ben Johns and Anna Lee ended up pulling it off and got the gold medal. This game did have its moments. There was a lot of good hands battles. A lot of Anna Lee getting body bagged, as you can see right here. Can't feel bad about that if you're playing against her, right? Sorry, not sorry. I mean, it seemed like at one point it was Tyson McGuffin's strategy. Just like try and body bag Anna Lee Waters to see if tagging her might work. Unfortunately, it was not enough to win it for them. Anna Lee and Benz are just unstoppable, man. I mean, how could you bet against them? Apparently, there was like a duper rating thing that people were talking about where duper had said it was a 71% chance for them to win this match. Are you kidding me? 71% chance? You're telling me that 7 out of 10 times that they would only win that... And then three out of ten times that Catherine and Tyson are going to win. I'm sorry, but that's just not going to happen. Duper needs to get their facts straight. I mean, if we're going to start having gambling in this sport, and those are how we're basing the lines off of, <laughs> there's probably going to be a lot of controversy with that. So speaking of mixed doubles, we got to talk about this match right here. I mean, Big Papa Jimmy Nana Bright, always a good mixed doubles team. But Leia Jansen. Playing with Travis Rettenmeyer. What a fun little team that they got going for them. Leia Jansen has been on fire. I cannot wait to see her play in MLP this week. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough for them to win. Anna Bright and Big Papa Jimmy just way too good. But at least we did get this really weird moment. Big Papa Jimmy trying to be a good boyfriend here. Let me hold my girlfriend and pick her up. Okay, too heavy. That's got to be insulting, right? He knows that that was weak. Eee. Awkward. X's and O's of pickleball, baby. All right, moving on. Let's talk about men's singles. Look who's in the gold medal match. Connor Garnett. 
and he's taking on Tyson McGuffin. This was an interesting match because Garnett came out hot, was off to a big start in game one. McGuffin kept fighting back though, and Garnett hit another return into the net that was like two in a row for him. He really gave this game away, so disappointing. Then once Tyson McGuffin starts getting hype, you know it's over. I mean, this dude just loves the crowd. It's kind of weird, to be honest. I mean, I don't know how most people feel about this, but I cringe a little bit at some of this stuff that Tyson McGuffin's doing. I get Miller Lite is like his thing. It's his sponsor. What adjustments did you have to make to make sure you guys came out on top? Yeah, I think just uh, get a bit more depth on the return, uh, read his patterns a little better, and uh, drink some more Miller Lite. Hey, I got about 10 Miller Lights courtside. Get your ass down here and chug some beer with me. Let's do it. He just wanted to drink so bad. He's like, my day's over. I got nothing else to hope for. Let's just do this. Let's just start drinking. I mean, if you're a Tyson McGuffin fan, it's got to be kind of cool to chug a beer with him, right? Is anybody really... A Tyson McGuffin fan and a Miller Lite fan. I feel like it's one or the other. I love too how he's like, yeah, let's chug. And then he gets so wild that he just starts pouring it on himself. He's like, yeah. And then everybody's like, oh, we could do that too. Yeah, let's pour it on you, dude. Yeah, let's pour beer on you. <laughs> like, I don't think he wanted that. But what's he about to do? Just start being like, yo, yo, guys, chill, chill, chill. That's what I want to do. I don't want to chug a beer with Tyson McGuffin. I just want to pour beer on him. That would be fun. See, I'd be that lady right there. Just be like, yeah, let me pour beer on you. So you're probably wondering, why is Tyson McGuffin playing Connor Garnett? Where the heck is Ben Johns? Well, guess who took down Ben Johns? Colin Schick. We remember Colin Schick from his debut in the PPA, where he took down Ben Johns in game one. Couldn't pull off the whole match, but I guess this weekend he figured him out. Schick ended up losing to Tyson McGuffin, but he definitely fought hard. I mean, look at this point. Kills it. So much so that Tyson McGuffin is like, you know what? I'm still going to do what I love most, and that's talk to the crowd. We had some weird controversy. After Tyson McGuffin's match against Christian Alshon in singles, they asked him a question about his paddle, and check out this weird, sketchy answer from Tyson McGuffin. Is a lot of that because of who you're playing and knowing how tough Alshon is uh, to pass how with tough. his length <laughs> athleticism? Yeah, I think... Uh... You know, I, uh, I've done something differently to my paddle recently. I'm not gonna, not gonna talk about it. But, oh, uh, it definitely something different. You're not gonna shape. talk about it. Um, allows me to get a bit more pace. More and pace. Obviously, you know, w with the conditions out here being uh, uh, interesting, being very thin, it's not very humid. So you're uh, doing well, something to your paddle. It gives you more pace. You're not gonna talk about it. I mean, why wouldn't you talk about it if it's something like lead tape? Like, what could he possibly be doing to his paddle? We've heard from the pickleball pod that there's this guy who goes out there and juices up paddles. Could that be what's happening? Is it maybe just him punching his paddle in the middle of a game to delaminate it? I don't know. But either way, a little sketchy to hear him say that. All right, before we move on from men's singles, check out what happened after Federico Stackstrid match. I guess some fan was talking smack. Gets in his face and is like, yeah, you want to keep talking, buddy? Keep talking. Ah, look at his wife. His wife is like, that is so embarrassing. You idiot. He said something to you. Oh, my gosh. I'd be cringing so hard if that was me. This is when Fed lost to Connor Garnett, so you know that he's already pissed off. Pablo was even saying something to him right there, so you know it must have been bad. 
Oh, then he just gets in his face and says something. Dude, I could totally see somebody saying something like that to me. Like, hey, I heard what you said on your stupid show, Sorry Not Sorry. Say that to my face, bro. And I'm like, why? I'm scared. Now, I got to say, I'm a big fan of fans saying shit during matches that might piss off a player. I'm also a fan of players walking up into the stands and saying, hey, I could hear you. Don't say that shit unless you're going to say it to my face. I like both things here, and I think we just need to keep it. All right, up next, let's talk about the women's doubles match. We had Anna Lee Waters and Catherine Parento, surprise, surprise, against a new team that we have rarely seen in any of the medal matches. It's Irina Tereschenko and Etta Wright. Etta Wright's made it to some gold medal matches when Anna Lee Waters isn't there. And Irina Tereschenko is constantly winning MLP matches. So it was kind of interesting to see if maybe they could pull this off. Annalie Waters played real well against them. I mean, as you can see there, she's been getting her tweener practice. Wonder where that came from. But it wasn't good enough because that point ended with a body bag on Annalie Waters. She was getting wrecked this weekend with body bags. This match was awesome. I mean, we had a lot of close games. Very surprising because... You wouldn't really think that Tereschenko and Etta Wright were good enough to really compete well with Annalie Waters and Catherine Parento. Man, was I wrong. This was a really fun match. I mean, they ended up taking them to four games in this match. Even in the third game, it was really close. At this point, it was 9-9. It could have went either way. But then in the fourth game, I mean, it was just no match. They ended up running away with it. And I'm not sure if they figured something out against them or if Etta Wright just kind of fell apart a little bit. Either way, Annalie Waters, Catherine Parento, clearly the two best females in the game, and they showed it. They walked away with a gold medal. Let's rewind, though, because on their path to get to the gold medal match, they had to break through Leah Jansen and Hurricane Tyra Black. Hurricane Tyra Black is one of the most fun players to watch, and everybody finally got to see it. She has been training her ass off at pickleball recently. She's playing like 12 hours a day of pickleball, five days a week, she is ready to compete at the highest levels, and she showed it in this match. This was one of the best matches of the weekend. If you're going to go back and watch a match, you might choose this one. I mean, look at this point right here. Just unstoppable. Look at this. Just keep resetting it. Leia Jansen, Hurricane Tyra Black, pull it off. I mean, this one went to three games. At this point, it was tied 5-5. Could have went either way. And Hurricane Tyra Black has just such quick hands. Leia Jansen, amazing resets all over the court between the two of them. There was so much good chirping. I think the best rivalry in pickleball right now that feels like a real rivalry is Leia Jansen and Anna Lee Waters. I mean, we saw what Leia Jansen did last time they played singles together. She almost took them. Even right here, it just seems like she is starting to figure her out. And now that she's paired with somebody that she has good chemistry with, we might see some really good matches between the two of them. I mean, even on this point right here, just back and forth, such good hands. This was definitely one of the best quarterfinal matches we had all weekend, if not the best match.
Even Coop agrees. Listen to what she said. They're onto this. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Hurricane Tyra Black and Megan Fudge. Uh, you guys got to see them. They're some of the newer players, and I hope they keep playing on the PPA tour because they're some of the best players in the world. Oh, snap. Look at that. How kind of her. Isn't that just the sweetest? Giving a little shout out to the players that don't really play in the PPA. She's not wrong. We got some big up and comers in the women's side of things. I don't know about comparing Megan Fudge to Hurricane Tyra Black, but I get her point is that you got to watch out for these new players. Also, real quick, before we move on from women's doubles, check out this crazy point. Irina Tarashenko just using her sorcery around the post? Or was it? Looks more like a through the freaking post. How did she do that? Is there even room to get a ball through there? Everybody's so confused. They're like, is that allowed? Elise Jones is like, you've got to be joking me. <laughs> they can't even challenge it, I'm pretty sure, because this was on the grandstand court. And she's just trying to beg to the ref like, dude, how did you miss that? She hit it literally through the net. I mean, let's see it one more time. Watch this. Wow. Through the net. Very cool play. I mean, how did that not make SportsCenter top 10? That's got to be worthy of, like, a number 9 or a number 10. I'm not saying it's Daniel De La Rosa level, but, like, come on. That's pretty cool, right? Even if it's not technically legal. All right, and last but certainly not least, we had the women's singles. Annalie Waters, Catherine Parento, the match we see all the time. Annalie Waters is just too good for anybody else, it seems like. I don't know if Catherine Parento was just not feeling it anymore at the end of a long day and a long weekend, but she didn't really seem to put up much of a fight. Annalie Waters took this one quite easily. I mean, Catherine Parento had some good shots, some good moments, but she never really put like a ton of pressure on Annalie to the point where it seemed like, oh, this could go either way. So Annalie won that, which means she won herself a triple crown. This was her fourth triple crown in a row, which say what you want about Annalie, whether you like her or not. But I mean, if you're getting four triple crowns in a row, that is just straight up impressive. What's cool for her too is that she actually lost to Paris Todd in women's singles in the gold medal match at this event last year. So it seemed like she was extra motivated to make sure that she really cleaned up. All right, well, that's going to do it for our recap of the Select Medical Orange County Cup down in San Clemente for the PPA Tour. But before we head out, I do want to mention Tuesday Night Pickleball has been a real fun thing to have on our Tuesday nights over the last few weeks. If you don't know what this is, it's pickleball with a bit of a twist as far as the scoring goes. It's four quarters, and they're timed. And it's a team event, kind of similar to Major League Pickleball. Two men, two women. Definitely different rules. They, they could sub people in and out in the middle of a game. It's a little bit confusing if you don't really know what's going on at first. Uh, you know, and some of the games could be kind of a blowout because it's just time. So, like, they'll just keep running up the score as the game goes along. But they had the championship match this week. It was the Pythons versus Scorchers. These are all teams based out in Arizona, which is where they play at this Orchard Pickleball facility. You might remember a few months back, the PPA would have their players play at this Orchard place on Tuesday nights. And then it seems like when the PPA went in a different direction with Major League Pickleball, they kind of bailed on this Tuesday night pickleball thing. And then I guess the Orchard was like, you know what? We should still do something. So now they got kind of all these players who 
you might know from watching APP, you might know from watching PPA tournaments, someone like Pesa Tioni or Kata Nemoff, who's on the Jordan Briones podcast. There's a few other players that definitely were at the PPA this weekend as well. Uh, it's kind of cool that some of these other lower names could get known as we get to watch Tuesday Night Pickleball. Spotlight for some of the players you might not normally see. The Scottsdale Scorchers ended up taking the championship. Like I said, I'm appreciative of the fact that we have some pickleball on a Tuesday night. That just gives us two off days, which for us pickleball addicts, we all love that we have as much pickleball as possible. Uh, but man, something really bugs me about this security guard character that they got going. I get it. He's like this security guard who takes his job way too seriously, but... I don't know. It's just like a little bit cringy. It seems like they're really trying to force this thing. Also, look, I mean, it's it's Tuesday Night Pickleball. This lady's crying here because they won the championship. I get it. It's a big moment for you. You won the championship on this league that you joined in, and it's overcoming adversity. And, yeah, we pulled through and won it, but really you're going to cry? I mean, even the announcers were calling it, like, the Super Bowl of Pickleball. And it's like, no. Sorry. I mean, like, with MLP around, too, that's so much bigger. It's so much more money on the line. You know what was on the line for them to win here? Pesa Taoni, Caden Nemoff with the Orchard Cup. I know you didn't win the Super Bowl, or nothing close but it's to the on Super Bowl. in here. This is a big deal. And where are you going this week? Where are they going? This is their prize. <laughs> hey. We're going to Disneyland. They're going to Disneyland. <laughs> We're going to Disneyland. Let's okay, go. I get it. Come on. <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't know. Disneyland is cool, but is it Disney World? Like, there's something really special when somebody wins a Super Bowl and they go, I'm going to Disney World. And then just hearing them say, I'm going to Disneyland. It's just a little bit less cool. Ugh, I don't know. Stop trying to make this the Super Bowl. It's not the Super Bowl. Just try to make it at least as good as MLP, and then maybe we can start talking about that. But for right now, MLP is the closest thing to the Super Bowl, and that's not even the Super Bowl. So speaking of MLP, we got that coming up next weekend, still in San Clemente, which is going to be a ton of fun to have this there. Everybody's super excited. They're going to have the Super Finals, which I don't even really know what that means. I guess it's just like the finals of the finals. We'll see how it all works out. I don't even know if this is going to be streamed on YouTube or on some random TV channel that we all don't get. I'm going to just go, so that way I'm guaranteed to watch this. But don't be surprised if you don't actually get to watch this. One piece of disappointing news I got to talk about real quick. Unfortunately, it looks like Thomas Wilson is retiring from pickleball. I don't really know what his timeline is. Pretty crazy, though. He had some weird thing called Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, where he has an extra electrical pathway in his heart, which is crazy to think that this dude was playing with that. I mean, you can remember back, I think it was in the Masters, where he had to, like, stop kind of playing, really. He was, like, taking a big break, and, and everybody was really concerned that his heart rate was getting really high. Nobody really knew exactly what it was. He ended up in a singles match at the Texas Open, and he had to just stop playing in the middle of that because I guess this was flaring up again. He went to the hospital, and then that's when they found out that he's been playing with this syndrome this whole time. So at this point, looks like he's just going to probably take a big pause from pickleball, rightly so. I mean, you got to put your health first above anything else. A little disappointing that we're not going to see him in Major League Pickleball, but hopefully one day maybe he could bounce back and we could see him again. 
All right, well, that is going to do it for this week's episode. But before we go, we got to play another round of everybody's favorite game, the Sorry Not Sorry Pickleball Podcast official game, partner, body bag, winner off the net. Somebody actually made me a song for this. Check this out. Partner, body bag, winner off the net. Partner, body bag, winner off the net. Play a dancing, winner off the net. Dice and McGuffin, winner off the net. Hey, Waters, body bag, body bag. James, they got a wish, body bag, body bag. Sorry, not sorry, winner off the net. Sorry, not sorry, partner. All right, so this week, the three names that I got, and I'm going to choose who I would partner with, who I would body bag, and who I would hit a winner off the net. Number one, Connor Garnett. Number two, Hurricane Tyra Black. And number three, the Orchard Security Guy. Interesting. Okay. Who would I partner with? Who would I body bag? Who would I hit a winner off the net? Well, I have to say, first and foremost, I am going to body bag the Orchard Security Guy. It wouldn't do anything to him. He's got a lot of equipment on, a lot of bulletproof vests on, a lot of eye protection on. Might be a waste of a body bag, but I don't know. I mean, I just get so frustrated with that guy. I think it would be fun to try and get him somewhere where it might sting a little bit, like maybe in the cheek if I could get him like right here. I think I could get some skin. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to body bag him. But now, who do I want to hit a winner off the net and who do I want to partner with? Well, I guess I don't really want to partner with Connor Garnett. It doesn't seem like he's that good of a doubles player. He's more singles. Hurricane Tyra Black is great at doubles. Yeah, so I think it's a no-brainer. I got to partner with her, and then I'll hit a winner off the net with Connor Garnett. So there you go. There you have it. I'm going to partner with Hurricane Tyra Black. I'm going to hit a winner off the net on Connor Garnett, and I'm going to body bag the shit out of the Orchard security guy. And then right after I do it, I'm going to say, I'm going to Disney World. I'll pay for it. I just want to show him that it's so much better than saying, I'm going to Disneyland. So it's not the same. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Hit that notification bell so you can see next week's episode where we'll be covering the MLP, the final one of the first half of this season. Thanks for watching, everybody. Take care. Forgiveness. Forgiveness.